Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some reasons why the pH in your pool may be continuously rising and some things you may not have thought about which may be causing this. And I'll also give you some solutions, of course, to keep the pH from going up so high in your pool. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. And I think whenever we talk about high pH, we have to always emphasize that it may not be a high pH actually in the pool if you're using the LSI. I'm going to go into the LSI calculator a little bit later here, but just note here at the beginning that a pH of 8 may be actually perfectly acceptable if the numbers in the LSI calculator line up. And I'll go over the LSI calculator for you. You can get that at arendatech.com. If you want to go there right now and get that, just go to arendatech.com, download that app for your phone, and that way when I get later in the podcast, you're going to be ready for that. You can also use your LSI app directly from the website. And I'm going to give you some numbers in there later so you can kind of see that having a pH of 8 may be perfectly acceptable if the other parameters, again, line up inside that particular app. But some of the problems you may be running into that you don't think about is the fact that since there's been a shortage of chlorine and muriatic acid, and mainly this is a supply chain issue that they're dealing with here where they can't get the product to the consumer, one of the things you may notice with the muriatic acid that's on the market today if you go to Home Depot or Walmart to buy it, is that it's really weak. It's probably less than 14%. And then the one you buy at the pool store that we're familiar with in the pool service is 31.45%. So it's about half or less than half of the strength of muriatic acid that we're using. And if you're using any kind of calculator out there, they're probably assuming that you're using 31.45% muriatic acid. There are some calculators that you can adjust that down to. But if you're a homeowner and you're trying to lower the pH down, with this 14% muriatic acid, note that you're going to have to use double the amount that you would normally use with the pool store acid. And this is really confusing to a lot of people and causing a lot of problems with people that are trying to lower their pH down using really weak muriatic acid. So on the label of the muriatic acid that you're using, check the percentage of that acid to make sure that it's got some strength to it. I mean, it seems like they're diluting it down to nothing at some point, but it may be really weak muriatic acid. And that way, if you go on, the, on a calculator online and it says you need to add a quart of muriatic acid to your pool and you're using the 14%, you're going to have to add, add half a gallon of that to equal what you would normally add from the pool store acid. So this has been a relatively new problem that has emerged because of the supply chain shortage. And that acid may even be weaker because maybe it's delayed getting there or maybe they're not manufacturing it the same way. So keep an eye on that fact that the acid you're actually putting in the pool may be really weak, causing you to have the pH going up on you where you can't control it. You're wondering, hey, I'm adding acid. I'm adding the amount they're calling for. But the pH is still rising. 
and you add the acid and it's not going down. And that could be the problem. So look at that as your number one problem. The other thing that causes pH to rise rapidly, and I address this in a lot of different podcasts. So there are two things that the saltwater generator does in your pool that raises the pH. One, of course, is the turbulence in the cell itself. You may not think of that, but there is a lot of turbulence going on in there. So that water turbulence will cause the pH to rise also is one of the contributing factors. The main one, though, is the fact that the byproduct of the salt production is sodium hydroxide, and this causes the pH to skyrocket in most cases. A way to counter this, of course, is to run your salt water system less. Don't put it for the full 100% output, and then that way you're not releasing so much of that byproduct back into your pool and raising the pH. So a lot of this can be corrected by simply dialing down the salt cell output to a lower percentage, and thereby it's not going to be running all the time producing the chlorine. For example, if you had a salt system running at 100%, it would be running that whole hour. If you put it down to 50%, that means that half that one hour period, the salt cell will turn itself off, and then you're going to lower the pH right there by running it less. So if you have a saltwater generator, chances are you're going to see your pH skyrocket to like 8.4 or above. I mean, most test kits stop at 8.4, so you don't know the true pH in that pool, and it really skyrockets in a saltwater generator type situation where the cell is running at 100%. Even if it's running at half that, if you're running in the pool for, you know, 14, 18 hours, it's still going to produce a lot of the byproduct, raise that pH in the pool. So just be aware of the runtime of your saltwater generator. The runtime of your pool is a contributing factor to the pH rising in the pool. Another factor, of course, is the actual surface type of your pool itself. If you have a plaster pool or a quartz pool, I guess the old guys are call, used to call them a cement pool or a concrete pool. And that's basically what it is. And this will have a higher acid demand, especially after a new pool build. Once the pool is put in, it's going to have a really high acid demand, probably for the first six months or one year. And you're going to see the pH rise rapidly. And that's because the surface of the pool is curing. And also because the plaster surface itself has a pH of about 12 or 13 and this is going to cause, of course, a higher acid demand because the surface itself has a high pH versus like a fiberglass or a vinyl pool where it's kind of a just a piece of plastic, basically. And it's fairly pH neutral. And that's one reason why you'll notice that in a fiberglass and vinyl pool, you're battling low pH a lot because when people are in the pool swimming or if you use trichlor tablets in the pool, it's adding acid in there lowering the pH, but the natural pH of the body will lower the pH in the vinyl and fiberglass pool. And that's why it's going to drift downwards because the surface itself really doesn't have any kind of acid demand because it's a piece of plastic, whereas the plaster pool is going to have a higher acid demand because of that surface type itself. So the surface type is a major factor, and don't neglect that. And if you have a Pebble Tech pool, you're going to have a little bit less acid demand. I'm not exactly sure what the pH of the Pebble Tech is, but I know it's lower than a plaster pool. And there's different stones that have a higher pH, like flagstone. So if you have flagstone, like coping or tile um, around your pool, this could raise the pH, especially if you have like a water feature. And since I'm talking about water features, they definitely will raise the pH because they're aerating the water. And basically, aeration is when any kind of Turbulence is caused by, let's say, a return jet, a waterfall, or something of that nature. 
and it causes that turbulence on the water. You'll see bubbles and things like that. This causes the pH to rise in the pool also. That's why I mentioned the salt cell does contribute a little bit to that turbulence by just the fact the water is going through there. If you ever turned one on, you'll see the turbulence in there in the salt water generator and the salt cell itself. And the same goes with the waterfalls. If you have like a huge waterfall effect or the infinity edge pools have a high pH problem that is sometimes unsustainable or incorrectable, I should say, because if you have that infinity edge going down 10 feet all day long, just imagine how much aeration is happening happening in that case. So having kind of any kind of bubbles going into your pool, return jets facing the surface, these kind of things will raise the pH of your pool. So I would suggest that if you're having a pH problem because of a spa spillway or a waterfall effect, that you turn down that effect or turn it off entirely and divert the return somewhere else until the pH is handled. So this is another contributing factor, any kind of water feature or any kind of bubbles that get into the pool water will cause the pH to go up. So if you have a saltwater generator and you have a waterfall effect, you're pretty much out of luck in that case. But just to say that a combination of many things, I mean, if you have a new pool plaster with a waterfall with a saltwater generator, good luck trying to keep that pH in range in that case. Here's another thing that I think a lot of people neglect to recognize as a cause of high pH in the pool And this is having a pool with a very high alkalinity level. If you have alkalinity in your pool water of 150 or above, then you're going to have a hard time lowering the pH because the alkalinity acts as a buffer to the pH. What that means basically is that it'll neutralize the pH at a certain amount and keep it from dropping. And so an alkalinity of 150, 160, 170, 180 will definitely neutralize that pH or buffer it in the water and make it ineffective or you're going to have to add large amounts of it to even move it, but then it's going to bounce up quickly after that. Kind of like if you're in a state where it's really cold in the winter. I grew up in New Jersey, so I know how this is. You put on a sweater, you're still kind of cold. So you put on a jacket, you're still a little bit cold out there. So you put on gloves, and then you put on another coat. And that's kind of how alkalinity works. So by the time you have all that on, you don't really feel much of the cold weather anymore. And the same thing with the high alkalinity level in your pool. You're adding that acid in there since the alkalinity is buffering it. The pool doesn't really feel that acid going in there and it's not going to lower the pH in that case because of all that buffering. And so if you're having constant high pH or if you're adding acid and then the next couple days it goes back up to 8.0 or 8.2, try lowering that alkalinity down from 150 down to 80. Now, how do you lower that down? It's pretty easy to do. I mentioned aeration earlier. The fact that it causes the pH to go up. You can actually lower the alkalinity down within a day or two using aeration to raise the pH up because the aeration does not affect the alkalinity in the pool. I probably should have mentioned that earlier. So if you had a pool that's 20,000 gallons, let's say, and the pH is at 8 and you want it to, and the alkalinity is at 160 and you want to lower that alkalinity down to 80, you could put a gallon of muriatic acid in. That'll drop the pH to 7. And since the pH and alkalinity are tied together, When you lower the pH down, you're going to lower the alkalinity down. However, since it's at 160, it may take, of course, more acid, even though one gallon is going to bring it down to 7.0 over the course of a six-hour period. I definitely wouldn't add the whole gallon all at one time. So I would add half a gallon and then check back three hours later, add the other half a gallon, and then I would check back three hours after that and see what the alkalinity is at, see what the pH is at. And to raise the pH back up, let's say that the pH is at 7 at that point, You can raise the pH up by aerating the pool, and this is really easy to do. You would just turn the return jets up 
if you have a spa, turn it into spa return mode to get that bubbling really good. Or get a submersible pump, put it on the first step of the pool, and shoot that water. Some people have actually added an adapter to the return jet to make the return jet shoot water up into the pool. You can also turn on your water features, your waterfall, to get the pH back up. So get the pH back up to 8.0 again. The alkalinity may be at 130 at that point. And then do the same process over again. Add that one gallon of acid to the pool. And then, of course, don't add it all at once. I would say a quart or half a gallon at a time. And then aerate the pool again. Bring that pH back up to 8.0. Check the alkalinity. It may be down to 100 at that point. In that case, you may not need to add as much acid because at this point, since the alkalinity is being lowered down, there's not a lot of buffering going on. And so the pH is going to, the acid is going to have a, high, a larger effect on the pH. It's going to move down more rapidly. So you want to move to less acid at this point. So I would probably put a quart in and then three hours later, check back, put another quart in if you need to. And then aerate the pool to raise up the pH again. And check the alkalinity, see if it's down near 80 at this point. And within a day or two, you can get the alkalinity from 160 to 80 using muriatic acid. 30. I should mention I was using 31.45 in my calculation percentage of acid. Using the 14%, you're going to have to add a lot more acid, double that number. And then you're going to gradually lower the alkalinity down from 160 to 80 with muriatic acid. So it's a process that you can easily do if you add acid to your pool every three hours, aerate the pool to bring the pH back up to 8, and then go ahead and add more acid to bring the alkalinity back down. At the last time you're doing this, you don't need to raise the pH back up to 8, of course. You want to just aerate it so the pH is at 7.6 or 7.8. And then you should be good to go. With that lower alkalinity at 80, it's going to keep the pH from really bouncing up or rising rapidly in the pool. So it's a good way to keep the pH in check by having the alkalinity at 80 or 90 in the pool to prevent the pH from bouncing up. So if your alkalinity is at 180 or 200, which is not unheard of in a lot of areas, drop that down with this method and see how the pool does with the alkalinity at 80 and see if the pH stops rising rapidly in that in your pool. Another easy way to keep the pH from rising in your pool is to add borates to the water to 50 parts per million. Borates are a secondary buffer. There's actually three buffers of the acid in the pool. You have the alkalinity, you have the cyanuric acid that's in the pool, and then you can add borates as a third buffer. And this is a great way once you get the alkalinity and pH in line. And I should emphasize that point. You don't want to add borates to 50 parts per million if your alkalinity is at 160 and your pH is at 8. Because the problem is you're adding another buffer. And I gave you the example of putting on the winter coats there. And the same thing's going to happen if you add the borates to the pool. You have the cyanuric acid at like 50 or 70. And you have the alkalinity at 160 and the pH at 8. When you add the 50 parts per million of borates in there, and I suggest you add it with the boric acid powder. Or you can get the BioGuard optimizer on Amazon and add it that way. But you want to make sure that the alkalinity is around 80 and the pH is about 7.6. When you add the boric acid powder or the BioGuard optimizer to the pool. Otherwise, if you don't do that and you add the borates, you're going to have a really hard time lowering down the alkalinity and pH in the pool because it acts as a secondary buffer. So it's kind of like putting on the winter coat and then putting on one more winter coat after that. And it makes it really hard to feel the cold and it makes it really hard for the acid in the in the water to lower down the pH and alkalinity at that point with the borates in there. But adding borates to 50 parts per million is a great way to keep the pH from bouncing up. I have that in my pool here. 
I have my saltwater generator running at 50%. Then I have the alkalinity at 80. Sometimes it goes about 90. I keep it around 80 as if I can. And then I'll have the, I have the buoyants in my pool at 50 parts per million. And I can tell you with the saltwater generator running at 50%, with the alkalinity at 80, my pH doesn't move hardly at all during the whole week. And so on a Monday, if my pH is at 8 and I put a quart of acid in my pool, it'll drop it down to about 7.5, 7.4. And then as the week goes on, if I check it again the following Monday, it may be at 7.8 or 7.9 at that point. It's not going to be at 8 or 8.2 like it used to be because the borates are a great buffer in the water. And you'll notice right away that it's going to buffer the pH in the pool. If you put the right amount in there, it's going to definitely buffer it. But you have to have the alkalinity down also to around 80 to make it effective. Let me change gears here and get a little more advanced. And I'm going to go over the LSI calculator with you or just some calculations. I'm not going to explain it to you. If you want to learn more about the LSI, you can go to the Orenda site that I mentioned to download the app. They have three courses there for free. You can take the Orenda Academy and that gives you a good prepper on what the LSI actually is. For this podcast, I'm just going to go to some examples of having a high pH in the pool and actually having a balanced LSI, which means the water is not corrosive or scale forming. And that's basically what the LSI calculator does or the LSI calculation is for is to make sure that the water in the pool is not corrosive, meaning it's going to etch the cement or plaster. It's going to etch, you know, it's going to uh, ruin the equipment, damage the equipment and or scale forming where you're going to have scale on the pool where it's rough. And also etching is going to feel pretty rough to you also, like sandpaper or even sharper. Or you're going to have calcium buildup all over the tiles of your pool. And so the LSI being in balance means that the water is not corrosive and the water is not scale forming. So if you have the LSI calculator open on your phone, put 20,000 gallons as the pool size. And we'll start with this simple example here. We're going to put the water temperature at 60 degrees, which is pretty much what it's like here in California in the wintertime. Put the chlorine at 3 parts per million, just for simplicity. Put the pH at 8. We'll put the calcium hardness at 200, which is probably like Florida and some other parts of the country. Here in California, we're like around 500, no problem. And then alkalinity we'll put at 120. We'll put the stabilizer or the cyanuric acid at 30. We'll put the TDS, and don't worry about this number, I'll go over this in a minute. Total dissolved solids at 100, I mean at 1000, sorry. And we'll put the phosphates. We'll just leave that at zero so that um, there's no phosphates in this water. And you're going to see that the LSI is going to show 0.23, which means that the water is perfectly balanced, but the pH is at 8. And that's kind of confusing because you have the factors like water temperature. As I raise the water temperature here, I'm going to raise it to 70. That means that it's now in the purple range, which means that the water is scale forming. So if the pH is at 8, the water temperature is at 7, and all the other numbers stay the same, that means that the water can be scale forming. So at that point, you have to lower the pH down to 7.8, and then you're back in the green area of the LSI. Now if I raise the water temperatures to 80, which is like our summertime water temperatures here, and I have the uh, pH at 7.8, it's still in range at 80 degrees, But then if I lower the alkalinity down to 80, which is what I recommend, the pH is 7.8. It's still actually within range. But if I were to lower the pH to 7.4 now, which is what a lot of people want to do. So here we go. We have the water temperature at 80. 
and we have the peach at 7.4, which a lot of the charts online say is the ideal range. And then the only thing I changed was I lowered the alkalinity to 80 on this. So 80 degrees, water temperature, chlorine at 3 parts per million, pH at 7.4, calcium hardness at 200, alkalinity at 80, the stabilizer still at 30, and the TDS is at 1,000. Now you're at, you're at 0 0.30, negative 0 0.38, which means that the water is aggressive. It's causing etching of the plaster, and it could be damaging the pool equipment. And that's with a pH of 7.4. And of course, if you add, if you raise the calcium hardness, like you're in California here, I'm going to go ahead and raise it to 500, which is pretty typical of our California um, calcium hardness level. Then it adds another, it kind of helps protect the surface, I think, in a way. And at 7.6, with these same parameters, with the 500 calcium hardness, you're in range, you're still, you're in the good LSI range where it's not corrosive, nor is scale forming. If you drop the pH down to 7.4, you're still within good range there. And that's with the calcium hardness of 500. And if you go to 7.8, let's go to 8.0, then you're in a scale forming. And Bob Lowry was kind of correct when he stated that you can pretty much calculate the LSI without using an app if you kind of know some of the numbers and kind of know how the LSI works. So with the warm water and the higher calcium hardness with lower alkalinity, if the pH gets too high, it's going to be scale forming. And with the higher calcium hardness level, 500 here as this example, I can bring my pH down to 7.2. And it's still going to be kind of in the acceptable range, a little bit low, but it's not going to cause any kind of aggressive water in the pool because the calcium hardness, of course, is going to act as a protection for the plaster. And so you can see that with these numbers, with using the LSI calculator from Arenda, having a pH of 8 in cold water can keep you in range. And having a pH of 7.4 can actually be corrosive to the pool water. So I really recommend doing the LSI at least once a month on your pool. You just need a good test kit to run these numbers. And then for the TDS number, you're going to just need a digital TDS meter. I would recommend getting one online for like 100 bucks, And usually that does the salt level also. And that way you know your total dissolved solid levels. And you can do a better calculation of LSI with it. Without the TDS number, it makes it a little bit harder to get an accurate LSI reading. So you're going to need that one added digital meter, you know, if you have really low TDS, it does affect the water chemistry somewhat. It's not critical to have that number, but it's always better to have that number. So I recommend getting a digital TDS tester so you have some idea of how much the total dissolved solids is in the water. And when you run the LSI, you're going to get a better picture of the actual pH that's required in your pool based on the calcium hardness, the water temperature, the alkalinity, and the pH of the pool. So you can't just say that my pH is high in the water without really doing the LSI. And that's why I saved this for the end here, because it's a more advanced way of checking the chemistry in the pool. And it's something that a lot of people don't do, pool pros or homeowners. And if the pH is at 8 and you're lowering it down in the water with low water temperature, you may be damaging the surface. If you keep the pH too high in the pool with really high calcium hardness, you may be forming scale in the pool. And so having the LSI app here that I mentioned and doing the LSI calculation can really be a true indicator for you if your pH is actually really high in the pool or actually high in the pool I should say at 8.0 it may not be or if the pH at 7.4 actually could be corrosive to the pool water and you're actually hurting the pool surface by keeping the pH at 7.4 when you're thinking that you're keeping everything 
at a good level it could be damaging the pool plaster. So it's an element that needs to be looked at and definitely something that you need to research. And I definitely recommend everyone go to the arendatech.com site, download the app, take their courses, learn about the LSI, learn about if your pH is truly high or not, and get the right tools to balance your pool water. Because if you're not doing that, you're just kind of using kind of accepted rules of thumb when you see that 7.4 to 7.6 pH. It may not be the pH level for your pool. And you may be fighting high pH for no reason at all. You may be lowering your pH to a point where it's corrosive and you're battling something that's not really your enemy. And if you have the LSI calculator, you're going to know really how to balance your pool water and keep it from being scale forming or corrosive by controlling the pH, either keeping it higher or lower or keeping it within a certain range based on the numbers you get from the calculator. If you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, and I've done a few podcasts with Harold Evans of Arenda, we did talk about this, and you can find those podcasts by just typing, by going to my website first, going to swimmingprolearning.com on the banner, click on the podcast icon, and then type in in the search box Arenda, and you'll see the podcast that I recorded with them on this. And I really recommend listening to those podcasts also. They also have their own podcast show that you can tune into. And they spend a lot of time talking about things like this on their show, mainly water chemistry. And if you want to enhance your business, definitely consider my coaching program at PoolGuyCoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great week. And God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.